The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks them for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In this morning's gospel, Jesus continues to speak hard words as he and the disciples travel toward Jerusalem. But the words he speaks aren't just to the twelve who are closest to him. It's not like we're eavesdropping on an intimate conversation in an upper room. Luke reports that Jesus is speaking to large crowds who have been following him. When he turns and says, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. The scene reminds me of a story my mom tells from her first days in college when a speaker told the assembly of freshmen, look to your right and to your left, only one of you will graduate. Whatever the crowd was feeling, if they hoped to hear encouragement or affirmation, they instead were stung by words of admonition and caution. It's important to say out loud that too often carrying your cross has been taken to mean that one must endure unjust suffering or abuse. Or it has been turned into the lie that says God won't give you more than you can handle. Following Jesus never gives anyone permission to abuse us spiritually, emotionally, or physically. But faithful discipleship does not put us in a protective bubble 
where nothing bad can happen either. It doesn't mean that we won't be overwhelmed by grief or trauma or suffer depression or anxiety. What it means is that God is present with us, weeps with us when we weep, and comforts us when we are hurting. We must learn to hear Jesus' words differently. The call to carry the cross is a call to follow Jesus to Calvary or Golgotha, to accept death as the only way to resurrection, to submit to dying with Christ that we might find life. It demands that we let go of everything else because if our hands and our hearts and our minds are full of the stuff of the world, we aren't free to carry the cross. In verse 33, Jesus tells the crowds, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. Eugene Peterson puts it this way in his paraphrase called The Message. Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. In the book Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis introduces us to a highly placed assistant to Satan whose name is Screwtape. The book is written as a compilation of letters between Screwtape and his nephew Wormwood, an inexperienced demon who is working particularly hard to corrupt one young man. In one of his letters, Screwtape writes, talk to him about moderation in all things. If you can get him to the point of thinking that religion is all very well up to a point, you can feel quite happy about his soul. A moderated religion is as good for us as no religion at all, and far more amusing. There is no moderation in Jesus' words. The call to discipleship is to choose the life of faith even when it requires sacrifice. In Deuteronomy, as Moses addressed the Israelites before they crossed the Jordan, he told them, choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. Moses reminded them what their own stories were, including the bondage they had experienced in Egypt, and cautioned them not to succumb to fear as they looked ahead to the promised land, but to choose life. To carry the cross is to choose life. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus gives us examples of people who choose good things over following Jesus. They choose to honor their parents or provide for their families. They choose to care responsibly for animals and land, or they choose to finish the task before them. 
clinging to what is good and responsible, they miss out on life with Jesus. As Christians, to choose life demands that we go beyond simply being good and responsible and commit ourselves to serving God, holding fast to the way of Jesus in all that we say and do. We regularly make commitments to our employers, to our families, to groups where we volunteer or whose activities we enjoy. Daily, weekly, and monthly, our calendars are filled with our commitments. As Jesus describes, we look at each one and weigh the cost, the time, the money, other opportunities. And we decide which ones are worth it. So why are we so reluctant to make this commitment? To follow Jesus and let go of everything and everyone that would distract us from serving God. The challenge to carry our cross and let go of everything else is frightening. And despite our faith and the promises we have from God and the evidence we have of God's faithfulness to generations before us, we are afraid. We don't remember the assurance that Jesus gives us in Luke 12 when he said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We only trust Jesus up to a point. It's easy to trust him on Sunday morning. But then we set apart the other parts of our lives as if they have nothing to do with the gospel or Jesus. We want God to stay out of how we vote, how we spend the money we've earned, and how we see other people in the world. But God wants more than an hour on Sunday mornings. And God speaks to every part of who we are. Not just the churchy or religious parts. Time and again, we choose the comfort of what is known and familiar, even when it is bondage to sin, which is death, because it is separation from God. The good news is that time and again, God forgives us, inviting us again to choose life, to love God wholly and completely with all of our being. When we choose life following Jesus and loving God, we are freed from the burdens of the past and we are freed from fear. We choose a new thing not yet revealed, a living future where nothing will be the same. We choose to enter into the mystery of God's future for us, trusting in God's promises. And we open ourselves to transformation and to metamorphosis, 
trusting that God is at work in us and creating new life. Let us pray. Life-giving God, thank you for your forgiveness and mercy when we turn from you out of fear or selfishness. Thank you for the persistent call to follow your son Jesus in every part of our lives. By your Holy Spirit, give us courage to answer with all we are and all we have. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.